Hail cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon Kelly, where are you? I may as well be recording from Sparta, right, Josh? Because this is our 300th episode of the Always Cheating FPL Podcast, which, you know, we've had a few milestones over the years. This one is, you know, not not a big, not a biggie. Uh, but it's worth celebrating. So, Josh, if you could usher it's in pretty big to me, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, if if you could just usher in the person that I can push down a bottomless well, isn't that like something you do to celebrate three hundred? Three hundred, yeah. It was, uh, and what and what a week to have our three hundredth episode too. I mean, it started off pretty. Uh, pretty calmly, you and I uh, had our, we finally returned to the Black Horse. We've been trying to get there more often this year. We really haven't had a chance to until Friday. So we went there and we met up with uh, with a few uh, Patreon supporters, Jefferson Turner, Craig Jackson, Jeff DeMasso, Trevor Ingerson. I think I hit them all. Uh, yeah. And, you know, pretty, pretty fairly low stakes match. Uh, Arsenal loses their clean sheet at the end, Saka blanks. But, you know, in general, not, uh, not too chaotic. And the chaos was really all saved for for, for the weekend. And, um, I, I don't know if you remember this, Brandon, but I was kind of like inadvertently a little like prescient last week, uh, Mm -hmm. when I was talking about how you can have bad game weeks and it's sort of okay. And you just kind of can roll with it. Right. Because the range of scores is, is pretty low. Uh, And then you can have bad game weeks where it feels like your season is over. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and unfortunately, I, I mean this sincerely because I've been there before. Unfortunately, this was a week where if you took the the very bold and aggressive move of bringing in Kai Havertz, right? Because yeah. we had over the course of the week, Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner both get injured. Uh, in, in Tuchel in his Friday press conference says Havertz is going to be starting as a forward. Like he basically comes out and says like he's going to get a chance to to do this. Mm-hmm. Playing Norwich, one of the worst teams the Premier League has seen in, in recent years, with you know, with all apologies to Norwich supporters, but unfortunately it seems to be true. So he comes out there, they score seven goals. Virtually everybody gets a return in that match except for Kai Havertz. And and everyone's kind of like like pretty bummed out, but kind of taking it in stride because you know the next day, like Salah's playing away to Man United. That is not an easy fixture, right? Yeah. Like I, I, he's in incredible form, Man United or not, but still, you don't go into that match thinking, oh, Salah's going to score a hat trick and pick up an assist, right? No. Like, it's just not something that you bank on. You know, I mean, even even if Salah was playing Norwich at home, you wouldn't bank on that, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it ends up being even if you have Salah on your team, like a twenty point swing. And, you know, it's just, it, you know, it's just a really tricky, um, you know, it's tricky to come back from that. And I think um, it just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing you just have to kind of keep in mind. We're going to talk more about the Sala stuff. We have kind of like a Sala section coming up in a second here. Uh, so we'll talk more about that then. But I think um, it is just a, a moment right at the top of the pot. I want to remind people just how insanely long this season is and how many yeah. thousands of points everyone is going to occur over the course of the season. So, yeah. you know, if you went Sala or if you went Havertz over Sala, we're only talking about, I think, was it 21 points uh, all told? It's a yeah. lot, but 21 points is just not that many points in the, yeah. the grand scheme of things. Well, yeah, exactly right. 21 points is actually a, a massive gap in a single game week, but then we'll have these conversations later in the season where we'll get people uh, writing into the pod saying, I've got 21 points to make up in my mini league and five weeks left to do it. Can I do it? And 
the simple answer will be 100%. You can, you could probably do it in in a week. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I think our friend late riser who many people would know from Twitter, he, uh, talks a lot about variance in the game. And, uh, Josh, you had been, um, lamenting the choice of bringing in Reese James for the last few weeks. And, Uh, zero from Reese James, zero from Reese James. And then you kind of make up all those points that almost all those points that you would theoretically miss from Reese in one game week. And that's that kind of variance that FPL either rewards you with or, or punishes you with Mason Mount. I mean, that, that Chelsea game was just um, a a great example of how variance can either uh, lift you or bury you. Were you Uh, even able to watch it? Cause you only had, uh, um, Mendy in that game. So were you able to watch it or was that just like a <laughs> tell me when it's over kind of situation? Yeah, I did watch it and um it was painful. I mean, it was it was uh it was Rudiger who, you know, kind of passed silently through my team without any consequence a few weeks ago and I didn't get anything from him and then it was of course the fullbacks who were just raining points on all the um FPL managers around me but not me. And I felt like my conservative move to go for Mendy, you know, I felt like really great about Mendy's nine points last week and Mendy's six points this week just felt like such a, a, a relative downturn. Um, but that said, I felt like, I mean, we're kind of like turning into uh, reflecting on the game week as a whole. I felt optimistic coming out of that, knowing I had double Manchester City defense to come. So again, it's sort of like, which way is the coin flip going to land sure. for you? And this yeah. week, it really did boost the managers who went double Chelsea defense and it punished the managers who went double Man City defense. Uh, so, you know, I, I just have to, uh, think and uh, count on that variance flipping the other way in the next few weeks. And I can recoup some of those points that I feel like I missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what, what happened for me this week. I, I finished on a hundred points and, you know, I had slipped, I think three or four weeks in a row and I, I basically got almost all of it back in one week. Uh, I'm back up to 62,000 overall. And, um, you know, it was, um, it was, you know, it was just a good, like a good reminder. And sometimes you have to like kind of keep perspective too, because I was, uh, you know, when Trent got 10 points today, um, I was like, ah, like, I just like, I, I, you know, I'm still kind of bemoaning, uh, the move that I made to drop him. Uh, but I have to remind myself that I dropped Trent for Rudiger, right. And Rudiger finished on nine points on the game week. So in the end, we're really only talking about a one point. It's a bitter here. pill you know, to swallow, yeah. Josh, that one point. Oh, it's a bitter <laughs> yeah. pill. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a good thing to keep in perspective, you know, especially when you look at what everyone else is doing, you have to remember you, you know, you do have, in theory, you brought in good players yourself. Right. And so it's sort of, um, but yeah, I think, I think it was, um, just a a high variance week as we were just talking about. And so, um, yeah, I feel, I feel good about my game week. feel good about the, the reset. I'm glad that Antonio finally got a goal. Uh, the Rafinha situation is, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like even if he wasn't injured, it would feel like a problem, but it's actually super annoying. They get injured before they play Norwich. Um, which, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that Norwich, if Rafinha is injured, that Norwich match is like, n- no one is going to have a Norwich player when they play, or no, no one's going to have a Leeds player when they play Norwich at home, which seems like, like yeah. a crazy It, it really is. It, yeah. And the way Chelsea just blew them out of the water was, um, I'm curious, like we've got two ma- managerial stories this week, you know, with OGS coming off of that shredding by Liverpool. And then the, 
you just do have to wonder about the project that's happening at Norwich and how sustainable it is and how much it is worth to them financially um, just to get the broadcasting money and then have their fans like must absolutely hate them and, ha- and hate Daniel Farco right now. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think I feel like they must understand. I mean, you know, what's I mean, they just didn't spend that much money. They um, they were really good in the championship last year. I mean, I don't really know what they would have done. Right. I mean, like their only alternative would have been to like pull a Fulham like a, from a couple of seasons ago. Right. And just buy an entirely new team of players. Well, and, Fulham and did that last season as well. And, you know, it's 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 I'm not saying it's easy for a club in Norwich's position to um, turn around and, you know, like have a right proper go at the at the top flight or anything like that. But um it's just it's just pretty 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 dire stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're right. I mean, because ultimately, like Norwich fans have to watch this season. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that just can't be fun. So yeah, I, you're right. So okay, let's let's. Oh, and so I finish on a hundred. I feel it's obviously very. Uh, anytime you you finish in triple digits with a uh, uh, in a single game week, I feel like that's um, just you know, triples is best. Triples is best. So, and you finish. I mean, ultimately, I, I it felt like you were you were heading towards a, a red arrow, and then I think it seems like Salah and Trent pretty much pulled you up and saved it. Yeah, I finished on ninety points, and just a staggering fifty-eight of those points come from Captain Salah and ten from Trent. So I go into that Manchester United Liverpool match with a one hundred k plus red arrow, and um, it's gonna be bad. Started to think about like. How can I weasel out of the podcast recording? Um, <laughs> and it just goes to show you, Josh, like, uh, you know, you, you can't be sour grapes until the game week is completely over. And um, it feel it, it it really did feel good to lock in that that Trent uh, assist and clean sheet. I think that really did um, help me. I mean, it's it's just such an interesting week where it kind of depends on where you are in your mini league table or what your goals are, where. Um, 64 is the average on the week. And you can look at this corner of the FPL internet and it's all 115s, 100s. And, and then you can look over here and it's just like, oh my God, just like shattering news of people with 40 points. So, um, I, I really applaud anyone who, uh, burned forward to bring in Havertz and is tuning in for FPL content this week. Uh, we're here to hopefully be positive and upbeat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I wanted to leave with it because I, I know that it really is uh, not a like, especially. It felt like it's such a high profile, th- you know. Just, and just like, it's just like this amazing butterfly effect, right? Of of Lukaku picking up that injury, and I think we really would have had a genuine debate, right? Do you take an out of form Lukaku at home to Norwich versus Salaway, right? You and I talked about this a lot on last week's pod, and I, you know, I think we ultimately were leaning towards Lukaku. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was at the very least it was it was it was like a total coin flip between yeah. those two. Um, and Lukaku goes down. Havertz comes in. I mean, it's just a, you know, totally fluky well, yeah. situation where a lot of people wouldn't yeah. even, would never have had Havertz ever if it weren't for this. Injury. So I think what we, we learned possibly learned something interesting with Havertz in the number nine is this is not a situation that is specific to Lukaku or Timo. This is. Now that we've yeah. seen Havertz struggle to get chances in this Chelsea side against a team like Norwich when Chelsea is scoring seven goals, it's the system that Tuchel is playing. And yeah, it's yeah. a it's a very effective system for Tuchel and for Chelsea, they're top of the league. But it just looks like when Lukaku is fit again, um, 
it, it, he's probably going to continue to be a stay away. Number nines yeah. at Chelsea right now just seem to be a stay away. Now, I moved Lukaku to Jamie Vardy, and I thought that that was, you know, a safe move. And now he has this D injury. And um, yeah, I, I've got a few problems to solve that we can talk about when we get to our game week 10 preview, Josh, about what, what moves I need to consider. Yeah, uh, the Vardy news, the Rafinha news. Uh, I'm, I'm, someone told me how to say Mbomo, and I've forgotten it. So Mbomo, we'll like, like, like fear of missing out, FOMO and right, Bomo. Right. So yeah, lot, lots more to talk about. And so the way we're going to structure this pod is it's a 300th episode. I want to actually talk about that a little bit. We have some questions about about the podcast itself and and kind of how it's how it's changed over time and and just sort of like memories from from the last uh from the last 300 episodes and uh I want to go through that but I feel like there are people who are listening who don't want that or just really won't care about that. And so that is going to be the second half of the podcast. The first half of the pod, answering key questions, looking at game week 10, uh talking about injuries and transfers and then if you want the kind of navel gazing part of the podcast, then stick around. Sign me uh, up. And it, it, yeah, and in part two, I'm I, yeah, I'm going to listen back uh, for sure. Um, and we have one one last thing, which is this is just a a humble request that we have listeners. You know, one of the one things that, that really makes us love doing the podcast, whether we do it able to just you know keep it going for I think this is now our seventh year doing the podcast is that we have listeners all over the world and uh, we just, it, it like makes me feel so connected to people. And uh, we had an idea, it's actually an idea that uh, we talked about with our friend, uh, producer Trevor, uh, which was to have people, so this is now my request to the listening audience, uh, is to uh, take a shot of wherever you are when you're listening to the podcast, right? So some people listen on the subway ride. Some people listen uh, when they're going for an evening walk. Some people listen at the gym. Some people listen when they're doing their dishes. Whatever you are doing when you're listening to this week's podcast, take a quick shot, share it with us on whatever social media platform you use, right? So if, you're, if you use Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you don't use social media, you can email us, uh, hailcheaters.gmail.com, uh, and just and just share the photo and, yeah. and use the hashtag hailcheaters. And that's it. That's that's the humble request for this week. Uh, we would just love to see all of the various listeners. There's a lot of people listen to the pod who we've never talked to, right? Who we've never yeah. met at a meetup. We've never talked to on on Twitter or Slack or whatever. Um, and it'd just be kind of cool to hear from some of those people, um, you know, over the course of this week. So if you're listening yeah. to the pod and you want to do that, uh, just show the photo and uh, hashtag uh, hail cheaters. I'm similar to a lot of our listeners. Like uh, uh, our listeners love the fact that always cheating comes out every Monday morning, like almost like clockwork because, because it becomes a part of a routine. I'm a very routinized person. I have certain podcasts I listen to at certain times of day. And, um, I remember, I'm remembering, uh, our, our friend, John Reynolds, who actually listens while he's biking. And he sent us a video of him actually singing the always cheating theme song, uh, <laughs> while he, while he was biking. So lots, lots of ways to get creative, but yeah, I can't wait to see these photos and, and tag us with at hail cheaters or hashtag hail cheaters. All right, I'm going to run through the always cheating top 10, and then we're going to take a break, Brandon. Uh, in 10th is Punches Lindgren. In 9th, I think there's a lot of Punchesses all of a sudden, Brandon. I feel like that name was out of vogue for a couple thousand years. Yeah. Ever since Pontius Pilate, Pilate really yeah. did did everybody yeah. dirty in the Bible, uh, it kind of <laughs> yeah. went out of fashion for, <laughs> for a millennium. Punches <laughs> Jansen and Punches Lingard. And I wonder if Hitler is going to become popular in like the year 4,000. <laughs> well, you never know, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's hope we we're sticking Everything that was end. bad is good again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in ninth is uh, David Shavaria. In eighth is Avanage Jagtap. 
In sixth is Stuart Dudley. Stuart Dudley is tied in sixth with Shardul Kulkarni. Uh, in fifth is Emil List. In fourth, Philip Bafuno. In third is Mudit Malik. In second is Ferris Aljishi. And in first is Daniel Mason Abraham. Brandon, very cool note about Daniel, Daniel Mason Abraham. Number one in the OSG and Super League and number one in the world. Wow. We have the number one overall manager in fantasy right now. At the We're top claiming of the him. He's ours. Yeah, exactly. It's Daniel, you're ours now. Thank you, Daniel, for being part of the Super League. It's very exciting. Congratulations to you. He finished on 122 points on the game week, so wow. massive. He's uh, 35 points ahead of second place in the Irish Union Super League, so very, very impressive, Daniel. Yeah, and uh, again, Patreon, we've uh, touched on it a couple times here, but if you want to say thanks for what Josh and I do on this free pod each week um, and get more FPL content in return, do visit us at patreon.com slash cheating. Uh, and if you become a supporter, you get an extra ad-free podcast every week. You also get access to our Slack chat forum, which was buzzing this week. Also, we're doing our Manager of the Month Award. That's a custom, always cheating t-shirt to our top manager in the Patreon League each month. We're calling that the Dean's List. Um, also, our Week in Review newsletter with Mini League Mate. And uh, everyone at the Volkswagen and producer tier, those are the top tiers. They also get our Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirts. Josh, it's time to shout out our new supporters. Uh, run through those names. Sure. I'm on, I'm on a name-naming role right now. Uh, Peter Bell, Joel, Johan the Goat, Joel Went, Matthew, Nigel Sullivan, Spelunker, Bill Voth, Simon White, Simon Zuckerwise oh, cuts off there, Brennan. I'm sorry, Simon Zuckerwise. That's all I've got for you right now. That's that's a copy paste error right there, my friend. Uh, <laughs> William Miller and Tom. So uh, lots of new patrons this week. So yeah, and, and as you know, Brennan, if you want to get uh, into that uh, Dean's List teacher competition, you've got one last week to join before the October month closes. Let's take a break. We'll get back and we're going to answer some questions ahead of game week ten. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, Brian, we're back. Three topics being covered in this section. Mo sell uh, big at the back and a lightning round style of buy, sell, hold. First thing I want to talk about, Brandon, is our Sunday evening transfer thoughts, right? Sunday evening, yeah. you and I both have uh, a couple of problems to deal with. Uh, I, I have two. Uh, one is that I don't have trials under Arnold, and they play bright at home, and I just feel like I'm I'm sort of missing out. On the, I'm a little nervous about not having Trent in my squad. The other, the other is that I have Rafinha, and I, it seems likely, yeah, I that I apparently left the stadium in a boot on Saturday. It seems likely that he's going to be out next week as well. So I've got to decide which of those is the more important problem to solve. What are you debating right now for your transfers? Well, I think Vardy, who also came off at halftime uh, and the, the Leicester-Brentford uh, match, and Brendan Rodgers said, said afterward that there were concerns with Vardy's knee. He tweaked something in his knee in the warm-up before the match, and then they just thought he wasn't moving properly in the first half. So uh, that one, Vardy feels like, obviously given the form he's in, why not just keep him if it comes out later in the week that he is fine? But my eye immediately does go to Vardy because my logic in bringing Vardy in for Lukaku was I was kind of sizing up Harry Kane for when Spurs fixtures really shift in game week 12. What did I say to you, Josh? Like if, if Kane scores two goals in the next two to three game weeks, everyone's getting him in, in game oh. week 12. What happened between me to me saying that and, uh, where we are now? Oh, I mean, I am so glad to be proven right. Cause I was very much in the no cane train on the, our Patreon pod on Thursday. And yeah, I mean, uh, Kane blanks away to West Ham and really doesn't look particularly threatening or particularly kind of up for it in the match. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's 12.1 million and I, you know, I, I wouldn't touch him at the moment. I yeah. mean, at least for a couple more weeks. Yeah. So what I'm thinking then is just get getting rid of all premium strikers altogether. I feel like the way I had decided to set my team up for the whole season was I have a premium striker slot because we have to deal with Ronaldo, Lukaku, Kane, Vardy, et cetera, et cetera. But now, and I think we'll touch upon this in a, a couple of minutes is big at the back, all of the points, all of the points are either with Salah or defenders. And, you know, I feel like Man City have struggled to bring in the defensive FPL points of late, but I still believe they will come in pretty short order. What I'm missing here is a Chelsea defender. So if I turn Ben White into a Chelsea defender, I could do that um, with some money that I save from Vardy. So that's my current thinking with my team is Vardy has to become somebody like Jimenez or Brogia at Southampton, who again, like took a really great um, goal this weekend. That's two in a row for him. And I, I just think there's found money. So I don't have to um, constantly make these, these really tough decisions in my, in my defense. Yeah. What about Huang? I mean, it feels like he's uh, pretty, yeah. pretty locked into that, that spot now. If you brought him in, you could probably 
at least consider someone like Kevin De Bruyne if you wanted to go that route. Yeah, I, I, I don't. If I'm not going to consider a premium striker, I don't think I'm going to consider Kevin De Bruyne either. You know, he banged two goals in two weeks, sure, but I think we talked about this last week where. I mean, certainly the goal that he scored in game week eight didn't feel super replicatable. Uh, so yeah. I'm just not there with De Bruyne. I mean, we talked about Chelsea. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned Mason Mount, but speaking of City, Phil Foden is um, is really doing the business for FPL managers. So I would not consider uh, De Bruyne before I took a long, hard look at Foden. So that's, that's another I player. Get, yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe take that extra money and just. Throwing a 401k, you know, watch <laughs> right, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess like if you go Vardy to Jimenez, then you have enough money to upgrade one of your defenders. If you go Vardy to Huang, then you've got enough money to upgrade one of your defenders and then also turn Ben Rama into Phil Foden. So yeah, that feels pretty good to me, too. That's actually a kind of a cool idea. I like the idea of accruing interest on the money in your uh, FPL bank. Yeah. Like for like every every uh, million you've got in the bank, you gain 0.1 million uh, each week. So if you had yeah. like 3 million in the bank, it'd be 0.3 the next week. Point. Yeah, like you imagine like if some some dead team comes back and they've got like like 12 million in their bank just like ready to, yeah. ready to roll. Suddenly they're just like screw fantasy. I'm going to take over Newcastle or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's a it's it, yeah, we need to leverage this whole crypto fad uh, with the fantasy game. So you're thinking Vardy to Player TBD, not sure yet. Let's see where we are with Vardy in a couple of days. What about Rafinha? Do you have any thoughts, worries? I mean, how how does your team set up right now? Can you, you know, looking ahead to game week 10, do you need Rafinha? Like, is he in your, you know, is he in your bus team lineup? Yeah, he's he's certainly in my bus team lineup. I mean, any player who is playing Norwich has to be. Sure. And um, if, so looking at my team, I have been playing the 4-3-3 the last couple of weeks, and I'm again set up in the 4-3-3. I mean, Livermento is um, Livermento is really the only reason why I wouldn't go super big at the back because then I'm basically going to have to bench him week after week to play Diaz, Cancelo, Trent, and Rudiger. So, you know, that is something I have to dwell on. So if looking at game week 10, Rafinha is an issue, but I do have Saka on the bench, who is away Leicester, who could come in for Rafinha. And you know, Arsenal, decent enough form. I mean, we we definitely saw a show from Emil Smith Rowe and not a show from Saka, uh, which is worrying. But yeah, like so I have three midfielders that I do want to get rid of. Um, but like they are not fires that I feel like I need to put out Rafinha yeah. injury concerns Ben Rama and Saka have both been a little too quiet and they mm-hmm. probably should be upgraded so um but the urgency I do think is if Vardy doesn't play I just feel like that is going to be wasted money that I could um really be working with so even though I've got three yeah. midfielders who are kind of voids at the moment that cash wrapped up in an injured Vardy feels most important most pressing yeah, I heard somebody mention something earlier in the week that I thought was interesting. It's been sort of rattling around in my brain and this idea that there's a lot of uh, consistency right now that you can have in this sort of four at the back structure, maybe even five at the back if you want to go that way, uh, where you can have, you know, two Man City defenders, I mean, or or two Chelsea defenders, one Man City, one, you know, a Trent, uh, possibly, I mean, possibly Lieberman. It feels like he's a starter you can trust a lot of the time right now, too, right? He's a, yeah. a very 
And we'll talk more about him in a second. Um, and because there's a kind of that base of consistency, it allows you to be a little riskier with some of your, yeah. with some of the other players in your team. Like I think Phil Foden is a player that just scares me a little bit less right now because I feel like I have enough players on my bench. Like, like right now I don't have Lieberman starting, but I'd be fine if he came on, um, you know, way to Watford. And I think that um, that's going to factor into my thinking a little bit moving forward too, is if, if I move Rafinha, I would consider even someone like Mason Mount, right. Who had an amazing match and Rafinha to Mason Mount, it feels like a hugely tempting transfer for me this week. Um, and then the question is, um, you know, it feels like any given week, though, is Mason Mount even going to start, right? I mean, you'd think after that hat trick that that he will, but it wouldn't be shocking, right, if, if Tuchel decided to prioritize the Champions League uh, the mm-hmm. following week or something like that. So um, I don't know. That, that is, I think, I, I typically try to be a little more conservative, right? If I have, a, like, a pick of a player who is, like, something like 97% chance of starting that week and the other player is... 71% or whatever, um, mm-hmm. or 65%. I mean, obviously these are just numbers you make up in your head. Uh, but you know, if one player is much more likely to be a starter, I do tend to err on the side of the safer pick. Uh, and now I'm wondering if I might play with fire a little bit more with some of my moves, just, just to kind of, you know, see if I can get away with it. Um, you know, because I have a de- decent bench. Right. Now that we've all wild carded, uh, now that we all have, I'm going to speak for everyone out there. Gosh, and if you haven't already, like the, I, I feel like the way the team sheets have have uh, shaken out is you're pretty much able to have 15, unless you have a non-playing goalkeeper, 15 starting fantasy assets in your team. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Is we can be more risk tolerant uh, it, by virtue of the fact that we should have a loaded bench full of playing players. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, one of them is Sissoko for me, so maybe not, you know, the most reliable, but at least he like, you know, he's got two points and he's, I, he's perfectly fine third bench player. Uh, but I think Ben White, I mean, I, it feels like they've been a little unlucky. I mean, that Aston Villa match, that was a clean sheet, right? I mean, it was a yeah. clean sheet in all but in all but results. Uh, just a fluky yeah. late goal. I mean, they absolutely controlled that match, dominated from start to finish, very similar to the um, to the Spurs match. And of course, l- listen, they didn't get a clean sheet. You know, I can make excuses if I want, but if you, if you give him those two clean sheets, which I've decided I'm going to do now, Great. Uh, he has uh, five clean sheets in the last six matches and he costs 4.4 million. So again, another really decent bench option and they play Watford and Newcastle at home and in, in two of their next four matches. So, um, yeah, I think there's lots of players you can consider for bench depth. Um, and, uh, you know, the funny thing is, though, I'm actually, I, I may drop white for Trent. I mean, okay, let me just, I'll just propose this to you, Brandon. Two options this week. Uh, one would be, uh, I have enough money that I could go straight from Ben White to Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay. Or I could move Sar or Gray to Mason Mount. Which move is more appealing to you? Trent. Uh, yeah, Ben White to Trent. Because I do think... Yeah. Uh, the, and I'll, the reason why I say that is because um, Sar and Gray, uh, they they have potential that Ben White doesn't. Ben White, just by reputation, is not going to get any attacking points, uh, attacking returns, points. I like that uh, portmanteau I just made up. Um, I mean, that, that uh, almost assist, um, the Martinelli assist was as close, I think, as we're ever going to get to Ben White attacking returns. So, um, and then if you look at Sar and Gray, 
Gray just looks, continues to look amazing. He had the, a great assist, even though Everton hit the self-destruct button in the 70th fifth minute against Insane. Watford. It's, just... it's funny because I stopped watching that. I was watching that match. It was like, uh, it was the second screen match for me on Saturday morning. Kind of a, kind of a weird set of Saturday morning fixtures, I thought. And uh, once Sar went off, I was like, ah, like they're kind of, they're waving the white flag, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't need to watch this match anymore. Um, and, uh, I guess, and then, and then gray went off in the 77th minute. So that was when I was like, officially like, okay, I'm done with this match. And then Watford scored four goals <laughs> after Damari gray yeah. went off. Like what, apparently he was the only thing holding that team together. Like yeah. that was a bizarre, like, I mean, four goals in 15 minutes from Watford, like without Sar on the pitch. It was I think shocking. it's a little bit gray going off and a little bit Richarlison coming on. Now, granted, Richarlison scores the go-ahead goal, but Richarlison, like, discipline is not really in his uh, in yeah. his brief. And I think that was a problem on top of the fact that God. it was like Dean, the whole, yeah. the, their whole defense was just calamity, like Manchester United levels of calamity back there. And you got the whole Richarlison experience. I mean, brilliant goal, right? Like, absolutely yep. amazing yep. goal. Uh, Robin Van Persie against Spain in the World <laughs> Cup level, like diving fish. It was. It was like it was a work of art. And then uh, two minutes later, he's on the ground, you know, screaming about a fake injury. Uh, and then he picks up a yellow card. And then obviously, like, they concede four goals as well. I mean, it's just a, like you got everything from from yeah. Richarlison in that match and it's it's why he hasn't moved to a bigger club i suppose yeah. right it's just like it's just there's a little too much uh risk to go with all the good things that he does yeah so let's let's go back to your question no um, offense to everton which which are a big club <laughs> i i should say but you know. no doubt and everton like this is a weird blip on the everton roadmap of this season i mean they've looked they've looked so good this season all things considered so no no real huge um cause for concern there i think uh if your eye is on eighth place, like keep hope alive. Um, but so, so Josh, have I managed to convince you about bringing in Trent? Well, you know, the thing is, if I went, if I made the other move, I actually wouldn't be able to afford Trent quite as easily the following week. And so that, that's, that's an factor in as well. It would be fun. To, okay. Here's okay. Two, two more, two final thoughts. One, it'd just be fun to have Mason Mount for that Newcastle match, because I imagine they're going to score a bunches of that and of bunches of goals in that match. Oodles of goals, Brandon. Um, why? Are, I mean, like at some point we do have to actually talk about Kovacic as a, as a proper option, right? Given the way that, that the Chelsea attack is set up, right? I mean, in, in, a, in a traditional setting, we would say, okay, Kovacic central midfielder. I know he's cheap, but you just don't really want central midfielders to fantasy. They just don't contribute enough, but yeah, maybe one goal, five assists for a player is at five point, Three million under ten percent owned. They've got a starts almost every match. Ton of good fixtures coming up. It's been pretty consistent in terms of his attacking returns. I, I see a lot to like there. I feel like maybe we've undervalued him a little bit. It is the price tag five point three. So I think he is. Um, it's like. I don't know, but then you have to say, is he more appealing than Emil Smith Rowe? Um, who plays farther forward and a little more sure. centrally. And, you know, I think um, I'm just kind of arguing for argument's sake. But if I was on a wild card right now, I would have Kovacic over Smith Rowe. I did not trust that Arsenal attack. I mean, I know they, I know they scored three goals, but it's it's a weird attack. Like, it's hard to know who to have in that team right now. You know, it's sort of yeah. 
I mean, as, as a SAR owner, right? I mean, you can you yeah. can see it, right? It's just sort of like it's a little, it's like Arteta still. It's just a weird thing with Arsenal. Like, it's, I haven't, I was saying this at the the Black Horse on Friday, but it's impossible for me to have a read on them. Like, I, I don't know what they are exactly. You know, it's like I felt like they'd kind of righted the ship a little, and they're they're okay. They're going to go back to kind of like original Arteta principles, right? Where they're just like really tight defensively, and and they're going to score like one goal, maybe two, right? And they sort of manage that you know several consecutive wins and then look really good against uh, spurs uh, and then that palace match where they just got completely overrun and i was like nobody in this team is like physically strong enough <laughs> to handle the rest of the premier league like they're just going to get overrun in like every yeah. every key match and and so and then they went out and, and really dominated villa who have you know some a pretty physical team right and so i i don't really know what to say about them. I just feel like it's like when I feel that way about a team, I just try to stay away from them in fantasy, right? Cause yeah. I just don't know what, know what I'm getting. And, and I, one thing I think that Kovacic just to uh, excellent points about Arsenal, Josh duly noted, uh, going back to Kovacic, I think one thing he, it doesn't typically get credit for is how he runs the match. I think like, I just lazily think of him as a, as a, like a Fernandinho ask destroyer. Um, but that's just not the case in this current Chelsea outfit. And then you look at his yellow cards this season, just one, just one yellow yeah. card against Brentford. And I think that what he is offering to that team is a lot going forward and it's controlling the tempo, but also, um, being part of that attack. So I'm, I'm into it. I, uh, yeah, I, I accept this move. Yeah, I'm not saying that I want him over like Mason Mount, but I'm just saying like if I was on a wild card and I was looking for like a cheap fourth midfielder, like I think that he would be someone that I would very seriously consider. Like I would at this like ahead of the next couple of matches, I would take him over Gray and Saar, who are the two cheap um, midfielders on my team right now. So, all right, let's move on to Salah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, our wheelhouse is not necessarily the psychology of the game, Brandon, you know, okay. I think, um, but I think this week requires a little bit of a, a couple of minutes on that. Okay. And so I called this section Salah versus everyone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Harbor boy says, how do non Salah captainers put this behind them and move ahead positively? Savage FP, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read them all off here, Brandon. Sure, Savage FPL said, I captain the league leaders number nine. In other words, Havertz. They win seven nil and no points from Havertz. Meanwhile, a player in my team, in my <laughs> fantasy team, destroys me. <laughs> the I call is coming from inside the house, Savage. <laughs> exactly. I score 86 and I get a red arrow. My question: How do I keep playing this game and retain my sanity? And then the final question is: Boston Prophet says, looking ahead, when is the first week you might not captain Salah? Yeah, I remember when Salah first joined Liverpool that season and he scored with 30-plus goals or whatever, and um, I was slow to come around on him. It was like him and Raheem Sterling were destroying me for a couple of weeks in a row, and it was bad. And there was the week where I, you know, I'd finally had enough, and I, I burned at least four, maybe eight, to get both Sterling and Salah in. And, from, and I felt great after making that move. And I felt great... Um, because at that point I chose to look ahead. Um, now I was changing my thinking. I was changing my strategy. I was changing the makeup of my fantasy team. And I was able to feel positive about my chances going forward. So it's like psychologically, the quicker you can, uh, start to look ahead to the next week and look ahead to the work that you've got to do and the advantage that you have now that, um, 
you kind of have a better uh, understanding of what Salah is capable of. I mean, that's kind of unkind to say because I think we anyone anyone who was already already knew what Salah was capable of had a pretty justifiable case to not captain him this week. I think that is yeah. fair to say. So I don't want to say like a welcome to the real world. That's not what I what I mean. But <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, it it's it's that like there it's it's the you have to now look forward. You cannot look backward and embrace um the game that you have to play to to make up that ground and of course the other logical way of looking at it josh is to trust the rationale that you use to be you and and that seven nil score line chelsea norwich says it all it says you burn four you captain Havertz. you were right you knew that this was going to be a demolition job and it was and it's just like it was like who who was able to get off of the beaches at Normandy and who wasn't. It wasn't because uh, you know Captain Dyke was just super good at dodging bullets like he's Neo in the Matrix. Now he was just in the right place at the right time and got kind of lucky. Yeah, I think the like the one like little like I think the the one thing I will say is that um, Havertz was not a move without some risk, right? He had not. Um, I, I mean, again, this is just like a, something to think about moving forward. Right. But like, you know, it's, the, the game week is done. Like there's no, there's no point like relitigate. And this is like what I've been doing on previous podcasts. Right. Just bemoaning like wildcard mistakes and things like that. It's hard. It's hard to avoid, you know, but it's it's I, I think this week has, you know, because there was a question from AJ said, uh, I feel a lot of transfers are having a tough run right now. Um, I know personally I haven't made a good transfer in weeks. Why are people struggling right now? And I think I think the. The answer in some ways is that you have to give your transfers uh, some time to to bear out, right? And even, you know, a player who is even, you know, we talked about this many times in the podcast before, but, you know, a player who is the bookies odd favorite, overwhelming favorite, right? Like, let's say it's solid home to Leeds or something like that, right? But in the bookies odds, he's still only going to be like 66% to score in that match, right? Like, it's still... It is never a given that a player is going to score a goal, right? Things still have to click in place for a player to actually score um, a goal. And so, you know, I think that in, in, in same thing with defenders and clean sheets, right? I mean, if you bring in a, a you know, really strong defender, you know, I brought in Cancelo this week, right? I got a one point. It's like one of the few times this entire season he hasn't, you know, returned, um, returned anything, right? He even scored a goal in the, in the champions like a couple of days ago. I'm not really fussed about it though, right? Because I know the long term that he's a player that I want in my team. I feel the same way about Rudiger. Right. Like, yeah, like Rigger didn't work out until this week. And so I, you know, and so I think that it, it's entirely possible to me that a way to Newcastle next week, Kai Havertz suddenly gets like 15 points. Right. It would not be shocking at all, because if he continues to play as the forward in that team, why not? I mean, I, I, I do think like there was there's bad luck. I didn't think he had a particularly good game. I don't think there's, I, I, it wasn't like he, he had some chances and, and kind of fluffed him. And so I think yeah. that was, you know, and I think that is something to think about moving forward when it comes to taking risks with your captaincy is, are you, are you captain somebody in good form, right? Like, are you captain somebody who's, who's playing well, playing with confidence? I mean, this is why, you know, captain Antonio way to Leeds a few weeks ago was, was a, it was an acceptable move, right? Uh, because he was just an informed, confident player playing a, a, a pretty poor defense, right? Just, it was very likely that he was going to get a return in that match. And so, but with Hover, it's, I mean, it was like, it was all about the team itself and the position. And I feel like the player was sort of like, well, he's a talented player, right? There was like a big transfer fee with him. Like he's, I mean, he scored a goal in champions, like fine. 
now. Like I'm clearly, clearly Kai Havertz is a great player, but you know, he hadn't really had a great start to the season. He really wasn't in Tuchel's lineup. Um, and so it was a risk. And, and I'm not saying that people who captained him didn't know that. Uh, but it is something that, um, when you play that high insight game, it's important to remember that you kind of did take a risk. Right. And, and, and again, like, I don't want to talk about this like the like the president was shot, right? I mean, it's just like you know you got a captaincy wrong, and uh, it's a twenty point difference, and and you know it's very possible that you kind of make that up over the next couple of weeks if you if you hold on to Harvards and don't kind of punt on him, you know, too early. And I think I, I certainly wouldn't drop him ahead of the Newcastle match. And just one final thought here, which is about the captaincy itself, and I've heard some people express some kind of. Um, like feel sort of like bummed out by the fact that Salah is now in this kind of perma captain spot where he is just everyone is going to be captain him all the time. And Boston Prof's question: When when's the first week I'm going to not captain Salah? It's probably December 28th because December 26th is his final match. Uh, probably be, like almost certainly before he leaves for the African Cup of Nations, right? So it would not shock me if I just captained him every week uh, in, until until then. Um, and you know. Some people, they get a little bummed out about that and it feels kind of boring to them. But I, I don't really like the captaincy. Like to me, it, it's like a little, it can be a little too fluky sometimes, you know, in terms I mean, we saw it this week, right? And it just kind of, um, it just, it, it feels like, I don't want to say unfair, but it just like makes things look a little unjust, yeah. right? Like did someone really do 50 points worse than somebody else this week, right? Like, it, you know, like, or whatever the, you know, his, the six points for Hobbards versus the 48 of, of Salah. Um, but to me, I think... There's something, and it's actually almost kind of changed my philosophy on this a little bit. It was something kind of refreshing about it, which is just like, okay, fine. Sal is my captain. Now all of my mental energy can be spent on everything else on my team, right? I still have 10 other spots that I can worry about, 10 other, 10 other moves that I, you know, places I can think about making my transfers. And I'm not sure, like maybe we're like a little too captain focused in general, right? I mean, you know, I'm seeing all these scores and even among people who captain Sala, there's a range of like 90 to 130, Right. There's a there's a, lots of room to to kind of yeah. make up ground or, or, or move further ahead or, or be different um, that doesn't involve making a maverick captain choice. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of OK with Captain and Salah going forward. Yeah, I am, too. There was a good thought experiment that was making the rounds last week of um, I can't remember who it was on our Slack that brought it to my attention. But um, prior to game week nine. Uh, how many FPL points did Danny Ings have this season as compared to Mikel Antonio? And as it turned out, I mean, we've been talking up Mikel Antonio for eons. Like he must be just destroying the league right now. As it turned out, uh, Danny Ings had one more FPL point on the season than Antonio. Now, Antonio has turned it around in game week nine. Uh, he's back on top of Danny Ings, but... Yep. If you say, how many more points does Mo Salah have than Mikel Antonio after game week nine? And it is 50 points. It's 50 points. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's uh, it's staggering. So yeah. whether you like it or not, Salah is um, just on another level right now. And it's just like, I yeah, I, I guess the quicker you get on board with that logic, the better, you know, I'm, I'm a little scared of those differential captains right now. I mean, talking about what could Kai Havertz do against Newcastle, his XG, uh, against Norwich was 0.17. It was not great. So just like concerns and, and okay, I guess like not to like put everybody off Havertz altogether. It's like, I think if you brought him in, you do stay the course, but there is just so much, um, that so many warning flags around putting the armband, on him for next week as opposed to Mo. 
Oh, totally. I, I can't imagine anyone on Captain Hobbards this week. Uh, <laughs> captains of again, unless they just like forget to reset their team ahead of, uh, I mean, even, even if you, I mean, just as a thought experiment here, if I just didn't want to go Sala, um, who plays, uh, Brighton at home, Brighton have a pretty strong defense. Um, I certainly wouldn't expect Sala to, to run riot, uh, the way that he did, um, at Manchester United. Um, if I were to go somewhere else with my captaincy, I think, uh, whew, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, Reese James or Rudiger, uh, way to Newcastle, I think those would both be, I think it could be a week to captain a defender if you were going to, if you were, if you were going to be different. Um, and if Rafinha is healthy, I think, uh, Rafinha way to, to Norwich could be an option as well. I don't hate Antonio at Aston Villa either, especially now that he's scored a goal. Maybe his confidence is back a little bit. Yeah, my vice captaincy on my bus team is on Jamie Vardy right now, which is, I don't know, I guess I'm having a little bit of a laugh here in that, you know, knee problems are terrifying, I think. So I'm very concerned <laughs> about it. Even as a, <laughs> even outside of fantasy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody, even the guy who sits in front of a keyboard all day does not want a knee injury. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in general agreement. I'm just, God, I'm looking at my other strikers. Antonio, I mean, Villa did not look great um against arsenal so antonio against villa is 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 an interesting one just like uh, ivan tony continues to confound me uh he, he continues to look good he continues to not deliver any points it's very maddening he's still a fun player to have um yeah, that's all i have I to know. say about that yeah scored a marginally offside goal and then had a what was up with that... var this week so yeah, yeah. i don't think that that it did not to the naked eye look offside to me it's that weird, tony goal also the the ronaldo goal uh looked very onside to me as well no i thought i thought those were weird too and it's like when did like when they freeze framed it or something and i guess I don't know, whatever. I mean, at least in both those cases, it was marked on offside on the pitch. So I'm a little more okay with those yeah. because that's just easier to handle, I think. Yeah. Uh, actually, I guess the Ronaldo one may have been VAR'd afterward. Um, but whatever. I mean, he didn't even celebrate, right? Five <laughs> one or whatever. It He's been like, great I'm not me. even here right now. Yeah, I'm in that, Cheyenne, that, Wyoming. Yeah, that would have been like a ten point swing for me. Val uh, us. Ronaldo versus versus Trump. But I, I feel like that, that got VR so fast that I was kind of like, uh, like I kind of saw that one. It felt like he might've been offside on the, you know, when he went to score. And so I think we've all kind of learned in the VAR edge, like there's certain goals you celebrate right away. Um, that Tielemans goal. I, mean, I don't have Tielemans, but just, wow, that goal. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, it was a moment when he scored that. And I was like, it was like, I was like, I was like, is that going to count? It was like a weird moment. Where it was like, I was like, it was like, I couldn't kind of believe he scored it. You know, it was like such a, a perfect strike. Yeah. Like it was an un, un, you know, savable spot, perfect corner, like on the volley. He is insane. Yeah. yeah. He is incredible. Like when that goal went in, all of the Leicester staff who have been trying to get him to sign a contract just kind of probably threw their arms up and be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, uh, yeah. have fun, have fun at Anfield <laughs> next season. Uh, now that Nabi Keita is like, a, you know, this like continues to be injured. So yeah, Tielemans is just so good right now. I don't know. Tielemans over COVID teach anybody uh yeah he's telemans is so streaky I, I i can't like i can't handle him in my team i just I, what what does he cost let me guess i'm gonna guess that he costs 6.6 6 million that's just a total, mm, that's just a total i'm gonna go yeah i'll, I'll go 6.5 6.4 6. 6. all right we were right we were, we were both over in <laughs> I, prices uh, right speak yeah, but, yeah, yeah i try yeah. i should have gone one dollar um, all right, so let's we've we've covered a lot of the other questions that we had in here, just kind of as we run through the order here. So I'm just going to do a quick a quick lightning round, Brandon, of buy, sell, hold. Okay, um, great. 
Mount versus Havertz. I mean, if you if you were if you didn't have either one and you wanted to bring one in this week, would you? I mean, Kai Havertz again. Still, they play away to Newcastle. He's probably going to be lined up as the number nine. Would you consider him over Mason Mount going into this this weekend? I think you do have to consider him, but I'll stick to my guns and my logic of I think that there is an inherent issue with the number nine role in Tuchel's setup right now. Yeah. So Mason Mount has to be the pick for me. Yeah, yeah. I am inclined to go with you there. I mean, he's just also in better form. He had a great game, and it was a weird one because it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess Tuchel's just, I mean, he's just good at his job, right? I don't know. Like, whatever, like, it's like he doesn't play these guys for a reason, I guess, right? Because, like, they're winning, they're, like, winning everything. So it's like you kind of, you're like, how, how does Mount not play more? But it's like he must be waiting for him to do something in the training ground or, or waiting for him to be physically ready to do whatever he wants to do. I mean, look, the look what's happened something. with Chilwell. Chilwell couldn't get in that squad, and um, there were talk of, of fatigue from the Euros in which Chilwell barely got a touch. And, you know, Tuchel waited, and as soon as he released yeah. Chilwell, he has been scoring goals for fun. That's really interesting. I mean, you compare that to um, – Someone like Luke Shaw, right? Yeah. Who I, has he missed a minute of of match time for Man United this season, and he looks totally jaded, right? Like yeah. just totally. Like, yeah. I mean, Maguire too, for that matter, just like totally exhausted. Well, and, yeah. Shaw looks uh, like he's just covering Maguire in the middle of the box, and <laughs> everyone's just like running in behind Luke Shaw. Yeah. And Shaw must be like, "Why do I have to cover for Maguire?" And yeah, that's got to be Maguire's worst game as a Man United player, right? I mean, it's got. I mean, not that I have like a photo recall of every match he's played with them but man that he was just he had a terrible match yeah uh, yeah anyway all right that's that's not neither here nor there um steven curtis says if rafinha is healthy is he a hold or a sell he looks good but they need reinforcements i think he's a certainly hold. a hold yeah, yeah. for for Sorry, norwich just to say exactly yeah. what you were gonna say you've got to hold him for norwich norwich are just total whipping boys and those that's the harsh fantasy reality josh yeah, I think that uh, – and then what's interesting is that you hold him for Norwich. If he does anything in Norwich, you can hold him longer. I mean, Banford, like, man, it's like this ankle thing. It's just like uh, – it's like Kay Cunningham with the Detroit Pistons, Brandon. I want this mm-hmm. – these ankles, like, they just, like, uh, stick around. They just bother you for, for weeks and weeks at a time, you know, if you're not – you know, it's like, it feels like there's, like, nothing you can do about it. It's like you just wait. You know, it's like you just wait until your ankle's ready. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully Bamford comes back because he really does clearly. And now we now know how important he is to that team, right? I mean, yeah. They really don't have a, I mean, Rodrigo, I mean, congrats to him. He finally did score a goal on a lot of pen, but still, uh, you know, maybe that fires them up a little bit. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was like a kind of amazing miracle goal for, for Leeds. Um, so if he, well, if he does anything. And what about yeah. this guy who actually won the penalty shoot? I'm, I'm going to blank on his name. Uh, his yeah. name is uh, Ger- Gelhardt. He was making oh, yes. me think of Gelman, the uh, producer <laughs> on like uh, Regis yeah. and Kathy Lee. Um, he looked like a real baller. Um, interesting to see him get some minutes. Yeah, let's see if Joe Joe Gelhart gets a gets a start uh, moving forward. So I think if 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 um, if Rafinha blanks in that Norwich match, assuming he plays at all, um, then I think he's a he's an easy sell because that Norwich that Leeds team just does not have their. They just, it's just not working right now. And, you know, I think, I think everyone kind of, and the game plan is clearly just to shut down Rafinha too, right? I don't think he's getting um, any space and who's, who's, I mean, I, I thought the Dan James move would work out better. And Jack Harrison has been mm. so poor. Yeah. Like it's, I don't understand why I like, it's like, he's got a Euro hanger. He didn't even play in the Euros. Like he's got a, you know, <laughs> he's got a, he's got, I signed a big contract hangover or something, but man, it's a, 
I feel like, uh, and I like leads a lot. And so I feel like I'm sort of, I'm talking about them a little snark, snarkily, but it's just because I like them and I want them to to be better than they than they have been so far. So, um, all right, two more questions. CG says, is it worth getting a third Liverpool player again? I mean, we were talking about Mane last week and then Mane doesn't even start. And then it's, it's a little bit of musical chairs between Firmino and Jota and Mane, which is a little scary i guess but by god if you could figure out how to unlock those points you'd be a genius i think Kanate over matip was interesting i wasn't expecting that yeah me either it was because matip has looked really good i thought in game week nine and game week eight in particular he looked really really good i think he and van dyke complement each other really well so um just a lot of rotation so Trent and Salah are just feel like givens to me and given where I am with the rest of my defense where like, are we really like what would make sense to me is a Liverpool defensive double up. So where am I now, Josh? I'm looking for a city defensive double up, a Chelsea defensive double up and a Liverpool yeah, defensive. Double so much up. space, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Van Dyke is tempting, but what do you really want Van Dyke over Rudiger? You know, maybe. I don't know. Rudiger like was insane against Norwich. It was like he was determined to score a goal. He was carrying the ball up to the 18 endlessly. <laughs> I thought he was going to try to take that penalty. Like just because <laughs> that's how goal hungry he was in that match. Uh, yeah, that was that was insane. I, I don't know what I, I'm curious. I would be curious what his XG was in that match. Uh, felt like he was shooting every chance he got. I can um, tell you what it uh, what it is. Yeah, Josh. Let's, let's yeah, let's, I'll um, do a drum roll for you. Yeah, we've got point uh, two. Well, that's more than Havertz. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. uh, Final question. Uh, FPL Ross says, is Lieberman a set and forget now? He's just an outstanding FPL asset. I guess so. Again, I come back to the, like the wish list for defenders is too long and Livermento. I think if there wasn't a player like Livermento, I would be firmly uh, big at the back. But the fact that he's so good and so cheap and you want to play him because so it's it's a strategic thing, right? Like you want to play Livermento because there are a lot of FPL managers who have Livermento because of his cheapness and they're using that money elsewhere. Therefore, they're starting him every week and he's delivering the points. You don't want to miss out. So then you're starting him and you're going to what leave like. Diaz on the bench because of this. So suddenly you're cutting out one of your premium defenders because of the formal of Livermento, yeah. um, uh, which brings me around to my agreement with FPL Ross here. And that I do think he's a set and forget for now. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one with him because it's like, it's like he's sort of like set and forget in the first bench spot, I think for me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I've started in the last two weeks though. Um, so and I've got what 15 total points from him in the last two weeks. I don't know. I mean, away to Watford. I mean, this is five goal Watford we're talking about, but they don't have Emmanuel Dennis Brandon because the Watford forward has picked up his fifth yellow card in nine matches. And I don't yeah. I think he like, didn't even start two of those. Like that is impressive. Like yeah. that is uh, just the minutes per yellow card is just <laughs> super high Incredible uh, for him there. So yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind starting him for that. I think it's fine. I'll, I, you know, I would certainly plan, to start him um, at home to Villa and away to Norwich in 11 and 12. So um, again, it's, it's just like there's there's so many defender spots. It's actually surprising that more of us haven't done the five at the back um, so far. I mean, it's not, it, yeah, at the very least, it's it's great coverage because um, as we saw this week with Azpilicueta and Christensen, who um, 
had become a little more popular, kind of in that like, well, he's worth the risk because he's so cheap category. It's very useful to have our Libramento as your yeah. kind of first defender off the bench. Oh, yeah. And at the very base level, like even if you don't intend to play Livermento, get him because like yeah, yeah. the easiest thing he's going to do for your squad is increase your squad value because everyone, no one is selling him. He's yeah. only going to get bought. His price is going to be at 4.5 before the end of this calendar year. Oh, I, th- I mean, I think it could get there by like next week. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's only at 4.3 right now. He hasn't risen, uh, yet this week, um, which seems crazy to me considering he scored a goal. I mean, the other, I think the only, you know, problem is just that they haven't kept a ton of clean sheets in the season. It's three and nine. And even, even in, in the Burnley match, he did score, but they did, they did concede two goals to Burnley, Brandon, which seems, um, yeah. And one of the only clean sheets they kept was against Manchester city, which, you know, try and figure that one out. On the road. Yeah, just a bizarre. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's take a break and we'll, it's just, it's a weird week. I, I feel like um, there, there's a lot of ambiguity about some of the injuries. And so we'll save some of the injury update talk. Uh, I think we'll have a better sense of our transfers too when we do our, our second pod on Thursday. So we're going to take a break, Brandon. We're going to do a mini 300th episode celebration of ourselves of the Always Tricky Podcast. All right, Brian, we're back. Part two, episode three hundred. We got a lot of really nice notes this week, so thank you, Brendan. I I know you're not a, you're not on the, the the twitters as much as as much as I am, so I I recommend going in and reading some of the uh, at replies this okay. week. Okay, uh, well. I put it out that we were doing the 300th episode. We got some really nice notes, as 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 we did on the Slack. Some very um long long and nice notes on the on the Slack as well. I did uh, I so did see you. a mention on the Slack for um we're both sexy, but I'm taller. So you know I'm I'm there for that kind of yeah, content. I know this sounds like <laughs> when I was doing online dating. You know the same same dilemma. It's not easy to be five eight out there, Brandon. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so we're in our seventh year of podcasting. I mean, if, in fact, speaking of, I mean, I was, uh, we were with our, our partners when we started the podcast, but I don't know that either of us were even married yet. And I now have a five-year-old child. So yeah. talk about uh, how much, of that. and by the way, this is 300 regular pods. If you include the Patreon pods, we're at like 450 or something like that. Like yeah. some kind of insane number of, we've definitely put in the 10,000 hours of you know, Malcolm Gladwell expert time <laughs> yeah. by now. Yeah. I think when we, when we started 300 episodes ago, it was certainly just to fill the time. I think it was something that we felt like we felt like we had something to say and it, mm-hmm. but it was also something fun for us to do, whether it uh, was a success or not. Um, did we, so did we predict that, you know, we would have a podcast that. um, helped us to get across to the UK once a year to watch matches and meet listeners yeah. over there who actually um, do yeah. listen to our pod. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of awards. An, I mean, you know, like, right, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. the award winning, always cheating podcast. I was talking with um, our friend, Mark Southerns from the scout and from FPL black box about him and as winning the f- uh, football content award. And he was saying, yeah, I saw a picture uh, that you guys posted of the award that you won, and it looked bigger. And I was like, "Oh, oh, Mark, oh, it's definitely bigger." I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. If it yeah. Was oh, yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we're not bragging, but yeah, it was bigger. It was. No, I don't know. I, who knows? I'm sure they're the same size. But yeah, um, it, it is interesting how life yeah. has changed. I think mostly for me this last year, like taking the podcast to uh, rural New York and 
navigating an internet internetless existence and still trying to keep the pod going. I think that just for me, well, for both of us shows the, um, the conviction we have to keep going, uh, to yeah. keep making the podcast work and to get it out regularly. Um, yeah. for, for us, because we're driven and also like the, as you say, the feedback we get from our listeners is quite special and does drive us. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a, you know, much like everybody. I mean, last year was, I mean, last year was, was the least, I don't know. I mean, it, it was the worst year for me doing the pod just because no fans in the stands, all the COVID injuries, matches getting canceled at the last minute. Um, just everybody being so frustrated all the time because life just sucked, you know, uh, matches being on eight, across eight hours of a day. So just every, it was just very hard not to like, it was hard to check out because there was always kind of something on and you didn't have what you have on a, on a, even, even this morning, right. You had two matches on, right? Like, okay, like I, I don't want to watch that Spurs match because I don't want to see Kane and Sun do anything great. There's a different match on right now that I can watch instead. And so, um, I think, I was worried last year that I was just kind of like losing some, some fire for it. And it turned out it really was just, there was no one in the stands. Like it was just, just, there was no energy around sports. It was like the show must go on. But, you know, as a fan, like I, I, you know, in hindsight, I wish I, I must wish I had like sort of pulled back a little bit and not paid as much attention to to sports in general, because it was not, um, I see how fun it is now, right now that, now that everything is, is kind of back and, you know, fingers crossed kind of, here to stay. And, and it's just like, Oh, I was like, well, this is, this is what I love. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a bigger sports fan now than I was like two years ago because I'm just like, I, I just, I just love the escape of it, you know? And in the fantasy game to me, and I've said this before is, um, you know, I mean, look, look what happened with Newcastle, right. A couple of weeks ago and then all the, all the controversy there. And it's just, it's just depressing. And, you know, um, whatever you think about it. I mean, to me, it's depressing. And I, you know, I just feel like, um, you know, the, the money and the absolute money and the way it warps everything. And yeah, I forgot the super league thing happened last year too. Right. Like right. it's just like every, it's everything, right. <laughs> it happened this and year. So was, yeah. I mean this year, but I mean like in last, in last season. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the one thing that I really love about fantasy is that it allows you to kind of create your own space within the sports sphere. I mean, I realize that we play the game on the official fantasy site, but it does, it feels like we're not quite as beholden to like the money and the way that it warps, like the league table, for example, we can kind of make our own game within the game. And I, I really like that about, about fantasy. I think that's what makes it so, so fun. And, um, and you know, the fact that you can create mini leagues with your friends. And so even if, yeah, maybe like, you know, you're a, in your case, like a Fulham supporter, right. It's yeah. unlikely that you're going to win the premiership like anytime soon. But I mean, I mean, it's always possible, but it's unlikely. And so, yeah. um, you know, but you can win your mini league, right. And you can, you know, you can, I don't know, like there's like, I mean, maybe, it, you know, it depends on how winning obsessed you are, but for me, <laughs> yeah, like, sure. You know, Sometimes it's, the it's joy to, is, uh, is just in the, in the journey, the yeah. being there, the participation, right? Yep, exactly. So uh, we had a few questions here and uh, I'm, I'm going to run through these, Brandon. I'll, I'll, I'll pose them to you and then we can both kind of talk about them. Okay. Uh, Sam said, uh, where did you guys predict you'd be 300 pods ago? And he says, do you wish anything had gone differently? <laughs> I don't think I wish anything had gone differently. I mean, I, if the, the podcast, I think, has been more successful than certainly I would have predicted. Therefore, I like, sh- shoot, if I change something, would it... I, I think if I changed anything, we would be less six. The pod would not be as fun or as successful as it is. So I'm like, I'm like 
Let's just don't touch it. Everything's good. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. This is actually a good, it's like you and I have a, it's a good partnership in that sense because I feel like I am, I am often like, I want to change X, Y, or Z. And like you sort of often rightly say like, well, we don't want to like, don't, let's not do that because that's going to screw up X, Y, and Z. And it's sort of like, it's a good kind of tension there, I think. And, um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't have predicted. I mean, there's certain things like scheduling that I wish we had kind of. I mean, the, the next question kind of ties into this too. From uh, I want Adama's potty says, um, "What are some things you've learned over over time, both in FPL and podcasting in general?" Uh, and I think when we um, first started doing the podcast, um, we did not appreciate the value of good scheduling. Like that, it's like the most boring thing, but it's like like the amount of energy that we were putting into planning times to pod and, um, and topics and, you know, it was just like, it was like, we'd spent like a whole weekend sort of planning this out, you know, and it was just, it was way more work than we actually needed to do. It was like kind of wasted energy. Um, and so learning how to be really consistent with the time that we recorded, um, kind of like the structure of the podcast. I mean, these are all things that, um, that I think most good podcasts that you listen to do this. You kind of know what you're getting when you listen to the podcast. And I know personally, I don't, there are some podcasts out there that are kind like that I, that I do kind of like, but they're often like two and a half hours long and, it's like you don't even know what you're in for, really. And sometimes I don't really like that in a pod. Like I kind of want to know where the what the what the roadmap is. Yeah, I have like the most boring answer to I want a Adama's body. Um, the thing I think I've learned the most over this last 300 episodes is like how to start and then operate a small business. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's not exciting. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, but it's I think what you what you learn there is you can do it. And anybody can, yeah. can do it, whatever the small business may be. Once you get over the fear of the government, uh, you're off and running. Um, yeah. And that's that's been gratifying to to start our own projects, to have something that we can really call our own. And then like from there, w- something that surprised me is adults' willingness to um, start new friendships like meeting so many people um, yeah. who just come through New York and come to the Black Horse. You always think, um, okay, we're going to meet a stranger who's just passing through town at a bar. Um, we don't even know what they look like as they walk in right. the door. How could right. this not be awkward? And every single uh, man, woman, whoever, who we have met uh, through the podcast has been um, just just um, great universally. That is, yeah, it's shockingly, shockingly accurate. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And I, I think, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, I guess the one, like if it's like almost like a piece of advice, but I think um, I, I'm always amazed when people kind of do these podcasts, like you see this in the fantasy world a little bit. And um, like FPL General is somebody who he does it on his own. And I feel like that is not my... I always want to do this with somebody else. And I, I don't know if it's like, a, like if it's like I'm lazy and I know what my weaknesses are or, or, you know, or, or I just, I just like doing stuff with my friends. I, I, I maybe a little bit of both, but, um, I feel like if I were to offer advice to people, I would be like, just start up whatever you're doing, do it with somebody you're already good friends with, because it's going to make for a better podcast. Like maybe it changes the topic of what you guys podcast about, but just don't, don't find somebody who has a similar interest than you talk to your friends and find something that you can both agree on as an interest. And, you know, because the chemistry that you'll have with a friend will make almost any topic interesting. Whereas yeah. if you just talk with somebody else, 
it puts a lot of pressure on your actual conversation to be good. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and it's sort of, this is like, like I feel this way about like the podcast, the FPL podcasts that are very stat focused, uh, which is, you know, at some point we just kind of realized that was just not what we wanted to kind of lean into because it just wasn't something that you and I were hugely interested in. Right. It's like yeah. narrative is much more interesting to us. And, um, which is, and I mean that to, in no way disrespect the podcast that, that do the stat stuff. Cause I like listening to those, but you know, it's just sort of like, you've got to like figure out whatever you are good at and sort of just do that. And, um, um, so I don't know. I mean, that's, that's why, I mean, it's like, the, this is the era of the niche podcast, right? It's like star Wars minute, yeah. right? It was kind of like <laughs> the first one to really do this. Yeah. And, you know, just this idea that you can kind of pick your, um, Whatever it is you're super interested in, if you sound like you're having fun when you talk about it, people will probably also have fun listening to well, it. Well, yeah, and that's the story of where Always Cheating came from, is you and I used to do a like, bi-weekly podcast about nothing. I'd show up at your apartment, we'd hem and haw about what we were going to talk about on this podcast, and we'd just spend an hour uh, rambling about our fantasy teams. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess now we have to do this stupid podcast. Right, and then like right. at some point it kind of clicked, like maybe we should just talk about our fantasy teams. Maybe that should be the podcast. Yeah. It was a very different time then. I mean, it's amazing how many fantasy podcasts there are now, because I think there was, it was really just, just Mark and Granville doing yeah. theirs. I mean, yep. it was like the, at the time it was the only one that was out there. My friends at um, shirts and gaff- skins as well. Yeah. Gaffer tapes was, was around then, then as well. Another, another warning podcast. Um, Boston Prof says, what's the worst piece of advice you ever gave out? Oh, I would know. I will never forget, uh, saying in our like Liverpool preview many years ago that most solid new to the league will be a wildly inessential fantasy pick. Goes on to <laughs> score 30 goals. Um, I just like the, the bravado, the confidence with which I said that and, I guess that's that's another interesting learning is um, you use this phrase, Josh, called loud right. Um, uh-huh. Like when when you speak, uh, I mean, this is such a, like a white male sort of like position to put yourself in. Like as long as I'm speaking loud enough and with a level of confidence, like how could anyone not believe what I what I'm right. saying? And, and you might uh, be loud wrong, but it sounds loud right. <laughs> But like like stemming from that interesting pon- podcast content, I think we we would tend to agree. Like you just have to have you have to stake out a position, whether it's right or wrong. It's going to be interesting if you just have some sort of conviction. If you spend the entire hour plus of your podcast just hedging and saying, "Well, you could do this, but you could also do that," it's not really yeah. as exciting. So, sure bad advice has been given out, but it's all been in the name of great content. Yeah. We've talked before, but the, the answer to like every single fantasy question is it depends. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, it's just, there's just no content there. If you answer everything that way. Um, I think that your solid one is so good as a worst piece of advice that I'm just going to leave that one there. <laughs> oh, good. The you've question. never, you've never given uh, bad advice. Oh, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have very often, <laughs> but I, uh, I like that one. So We'll move on here. Um, Andrew Searle says, your lives have certainly changed a great deal since you began. Uh, what is the biggest non-FPL lesson you've learned since starting the pod? I guess we we talked about this already. We had to learn how to start a business, which was a yeah. 
I don't know if anyone's ever started a five o or not a five one c three. That's that's a nonprofit. Uh, has ever started a uh, you know, it's like an, it's like an LL. We have an LLC. LLC, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was exhausting. Like all the little things that you don't like didn't know you had to do. Like take out an ad. You have to take out an ad in a newspaper that says you're like open for business. <laughs> yeah. So we had to like pick oh the cheapest yeah. newspaper we could find, which is like the Brooklyn Irish Times or something like that. <laughs> and there's like if you go back into the archives, you can find an ad that's like always cheating media is open for business now mm-hmm. um which is just the it was such a very weird and, and unique experience yeah i have to pay taxes uh as a podcast just very Nightmare. like i know this is like a boring boring answer but just very it was a very weird i had no idea what any of that stuff before that so that was <laughs> i have so weird. many crumpled up receipts in my wallet right now josh it's uh it's it's <laughs> oh, really yeah insane. you have to be the receipt keeper because i can't keep any of that stuff it's like I, I just i immediately throw it away my brain cannot do that um Chancer says, uh, and a longtime listener, Brian, I think probably go back to our first year. He says, uh, what is your favorite thing the other person has said on the pod during these 300 episodes? Oh, wow. This is a, this is a good one. Um, I mean, I'm sure. Okay. I, I guess the, my favorite thing very selfishly was, I think it was the end, the end of the season. That was the Ibrahimovic Lukaku at Everton season. Uh, yeah, Ebro was at Manchester United, and it, I I had one of my better seasons. And you complimented my uh, strategy. You know, you occasionally just compliment me because because we're friends, Josh. But um, I don't think you had ever complimented my actual strategic fantasy play before. And um, I think it was mostly like my um, unsentimentality when it came to rotating yeah. some premium assets there and. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that, that does make me sound like the overbearing father who like watches the kid play <laughs> softball. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was unless you said something, you just kind of like slowly nodded and gave me a, a, a thumbs up, and like, that was all yeah, you had yeah, to yeah. say. Usually, I'm like Lee Trevino and Happy Gilmore, right? Just sort of yeah, shaking your head. No, <laughs> that's not really what you want. Uh, well, for me, uh, the my favorite thing is definitely um, at the start of a podcast a couple of years ago when you told that story about. Um, your boss walking into um, your office and uh, you know, it's Monday morning and mm-hmm. starts chatting with you and he says, uh, how's your team? Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't know. You know, I have like, I, I can't get my captain right. And now I've <laughs> got to figure out what, uh, what I'm going to do. Uh, I've got a couple defenders that are injured, but you know, it's, it's, I'm having a good time. And he said, well, I actually met, you know, the staff that reports to you. Uh, yeah. I, was, yeah. Yeah. I was your actual team in this <laughs> office doing. <laughs> I know fantasy like drills a hole straight through your brain. And, and some days it's all you can think about. And what did my, you, what did he, you do when he told you that? Well, he, I, I think that I was willing to go there with him because I know he's a sports fan and we had talked about sports before and then I just had to laugh and then sort of like try and pivot as best I could to talking about how uh, the office team was doing. We recovered. It was all right. But it's always <laughs> with that story is always with me. Actually, my my team name this season is How's Your Team as a tribute to that great ah. always cheating story. You know, actually didn't I didn't get that. I didn't pick that up. as the, <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's. Um, all right. And final question comes from Dang. He says, if you weren't producing an, a fantasy pod, what other topic would you be potting on? Oh, we try to like like all like all uh, bros who um, have strong opinions. You know, we always want to like shoehorn 
movie reviews into our podcast occasionally on patreon we'll uh yeah. you know one of our one of our supporters it's the will hallmark be of all male male podcasts yeah. it's, it's, oh. we all secretly want to be movie pods <laughs> let's rank the star wars movies uh what's the deal with the end of the sopranos um but i mean that that's just that's just fun stuff to talk about like and i think um why sports is so fun to talk about is because it's such a shared thing like it's so popular and so shared that you know everyone else has seen the match that you're going to talk about and would have something to say about it and i think the only thing that gets close to sports in that water cooler talk sort of way uh are movies and tv so like the temptation to talk about it is there for that reason. Like this is something we can all connect about and I have an opinion on it. What's your opinion? Yeah. If you ever got really into the Grateful Dead, you know, I mean, you know, there there was this podcast I started listening to called 36 from the vault where, uh, these, these two music writers and, and the guy, because the key thing is they're music writers. So they actually know what they're talking about. Uh, they, they review, uh, each volume of this, um, this series called, uh, Dick's picks, which is like this, um, Grateful Dead live series. Dick's um, picks, Lam- huh? Dick, Dick Lamada, I think is okay. his name. He was the guy who, L- Lavada, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's the guy who started the this thing. And so the, each episode, they go through each one of these, right? And it's sort of a fun idea. And so maybe you and I need to do that for the Counting Crows, Brandon. You know, <laughs> yeah. we start with August, uh-huh. everything after, and yes. just run through the whole, yeah, yeah. So that might be. How about we yeah, name so. the podcast just Everything After? <laughs> everything After. That sounds, that, you know, that actually, that, that like, I hope no one steals that because I'm cutting it from the pod, so nobody crow. steals it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one gets, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mail uh, that idea to myself in a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. We always talk about maybe maybe trying to produce a little extra. And I, you know, I've gotten really, I've really enjoyed doing the uh, fantasy NFL stuff this year. Loved it. I think it's been really fun and uh, not like I mean, I, I not more than fan like FPL, but um, you know, it's much like. Um, it's like a, um, it's a simpler love, you know, like with fantasy, it's yeah. like, there's, it my feelings are very complicated for, you know, for lots of reasons. And, uh, but I think with, with the NFL, I don't really know what I'm doing. And so it's just been kind of fun to just like play each week. It kind of reminds me of when I first started doing fantasy where I was just like, I don't know anybody, you know? And so I'm just kind of like, just sort of throwing out lineups and stuff like that. And so, um, so it, it, maybe at some point we'd start doing a little more, um, we could work on a little fantasy, uh, NFL or do that as a separate spinoff pod or something like that. So that, that is something I've thought about for like future years maybe, but we'll see. But at the moment, I mean, I think, you know, two pods a week, we enjoy doing it. We're going to keep doing it. I don't see any reason to stop. I mean, as you said, you, we already, we, we got married, had kids, <laughs> changed houses. Not us directly, um, but to, uh, yeah. to our spouses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Not to each other. I wonder if maybe if we got a we um, we could get a tax break if if you and I got married. We'll we'll look that's into true. that. Yeah, we'll have to talk into talk about that off, offline. But yeah, I think um, yeah. So I mean, I think you know, at this point we're we're kind of steadily in our whatever we are, late youth, early middle age. You know, like it's sort of it's just fun to do the pod. And 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 I, I thought this summer I felt really reinvigorated. I, we really made an effort to to kind of come into the season fresh, like like sort of yeah. w- with a lot of energy, like intentionally. Like I was like drinking cups of coffee in the evening before we recorded because I really wanted to have a lot of energy uh, doing these pods. And so I think that really did make me feel more excited about the season. And obviously it's been a really fun season. As far as FPL goes, I think it's been a dramatic season so far, right? It's been pretty, you know, pretty entertaining. And so, yeah, we're, we're a quarter of the way through. So let's, let's keep it going. Outstanding. Couldn't agree more. We, we, we carry on. 
Um, and and for the love of our listeners, this episode has got to be dedicated to everyone who's been with us for all 300 episodes. I think there are some of you out there. I'm looking at uh, some of our producers here that we're right. about to mention. And yep. in, I yep. guess like technically we didn't have Patreon support uh, until like episode 100. Um, but like Mike DiPietro, you've been there since the beginning and we love you. Um, do you want to thank all our producers, patrons now, Brennan? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Patreon, um, if you want to say thanks uh, to the cheaters uh, on our 300th episode, you can support what we do and and get an extra weekly pod, our, our monthly prize league, all that stuff we mentioned at the top of the pod by going to uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. And at the end of each episode, we do like to thank our producer patrons, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T. to Big Gafford, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shivmore Joria, Rom Frost, AJ, Jeremy Spiker, Lazaros Yanois, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerly, Alper Paxoy, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Valger Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, Managed by Lasso, and James Keatley. Rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters or all over social media. And as you said at the top, Josh, we want to see your pictures of where you listen to the Always Cheating podcast. Post your pics to uh, your social media. Tag us. Use that hashtag, Hail Cheaters. And I really look forward to seeing those pics. For all this information more, find our website, alwayscheating.com. Any last words, Josh? No, just uh, thanks to everybody for listening. And uh um, yeah, thanks for supporting the pod. And uh, even just by listening, I support the pod. So thank you to everybody and uh, good luck in Game Week 10. Poku forever. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.